Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and welcome to another episode. Guys, we got trailers to talk about. Alpha is going to be coming up with the news here soon. Uh, it's going to be less of a fuck somebody episode like it was last time. Bill Maher really got under my skin. I'm sorry if I rambled too much, but, you know, that kind of happens when it's just me, myself, and I, not Reem, uh... 90s kids loving that one. Anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into some trailers here. First up, Young Justice's official trailer came out. Uh, it seems in this season, metahumans are going to be abducted, shipped off world, uh, planned to be used as weapons of mass destruction. So it seems like season three is really going to be tackling the uh, human trafficking element, or in this case, metahuman uh, trafficking element of their world. Uh, you know how DC is with their talking about the world as a whole. A lot of the CW shows right now are tackling racism, which I feel is, well, I mean, it's it's built into Black Lightning, but Supergirl, I think, is doing a really good job about uh, people being uh, prejudiced against aliens, and so this only fits the DC trying to commentate on the world as it is today. Uh, the action and animation look good. It seems like it's going to be packed with heroes, but more packed with villains than anything. I feel like I saw Clayface at one time uh, fighting Damian Wayne. Uh, I am not wild about Nightwing's voice. Uh, you, you expect Nightwing to be grown-up Robin. This just sounds like Robin in a darker costume. I don't know. He, he has too youthful of a voice than what I would expect from Nightwing. But ultimately, the trailer doesn't do much for me. I never finished Young Justice. I can't even really remember what happened. I know I saw all of Season 1. Season 2... Kind of dragged for me a little bit, and at the time I was starting a business, so yeah, Young Justice has never really been big on my list. It looks good, like I said, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. Uh, I'll check it out, I'll probably get caught up before uh, season three comes out, but eh, you know, I don't know. What did you think? Tell me down in the comments below. One thing I am really excited for, though, I'm really excited for this new. Ultraman show coming to Netflix. Uh, the trailer just hit, and for those of you who are not familiar with Ultraman, let me give you a little bit of schooling. Uh, Ultraman began in 1966 as a live-action TV series about a special anti-monster defense agent who can transform into a giant alien called Ultraman. The show became a phenomenon, and uh, and it actually birthed the Tokusato I hope I said that right, genre, that later gave us shows like uh, Kamen Rider and Super Sentai, which uh, American audiences will know as Power Rangers. But this is actually a CG animated series that acts as a spiritual sequel to the original series. Our main character is actually the son of Hayata, the original Ultraman, who must take up the mantle of his aging father to fight an evil force impersonating the superhero. I actually usually don't like this animation style, but for this, it's kind of working for me. I don't know if they've cleaned up this style since uh, some of the earlier days of which I was exposed to it, uh, but it looks like Iron Man on anti-crack. By that, I mean anime crack. I'm talking about this in front of my son. Uh, say hello to the people there, Vinny Wise. Hey. 
He is acting as somewhat of an intern. I'm showing him the ins and outs of what's going on with the podcast world. But I am actually in love with this trailer. I think it looks really, really, really cool. Kind of like a Dragon Ball Z meets Iron Man meets Power Rangers meets Godzilla type thing. Uh, Well, they didn't bring the monsters into this one. It seems like he's just going up against uh, some sort of Ultraman impersonator. Either way, it's interesting. The, it comes to Netflix April 1st, 2019, so be there, check it out. Moving on from there, though, uh, we're going to go ahead and turn things over to James Odell, Alpha Spectre, who has another edition of Alpha's Video Game Editorials. Take it away, James. Hey everyone, welcome to the newest installment of Alpha's Editorials. We are diving back into the world of video games this week, and the first one we are talking about is Red Dead Redemption 2. It has recently released its online play, uh, though it is still in beta, purchasers of this game now have access to the online beta content. Now, with this content, you will be able to create your own character just the way you did in Grand Theft Auto V Online, select your own abilities, all that kind of cool stuff. You'll be able to group up with up to seven people and form your own posse. You'll go around, you'll do quests and missions that you get from different characters in the game. You'll even be able to go and battle other posses in real time. Now, of course, being a beta, they are relying on the players to send them information about bugs and suggestions on what to fix and things of that nature, and they are going to continually expand on this dynamic world that they are setting up for the online Red Dead Redemption 2 game. Now, they have not confirmed, but it is speculated that they will not delete online progress when they move it over into live now that's something that we've been seeing a little bit more of with beta content uh fallout 76 did the same thing you gained access to the beta and all of your progress through that beta transferred over into the actual game when it released so If you're a fan of Red Dead Redemption 2, if you've been doing some of the online play, let me know what you guys think. Have you found any interesting bugs? Let me know down in the comments below. I'd love to hear about it. So the second bit of information that we have today is coming from PUBG. If you don't know what that is, it is Player Unknown's Battleground. Uh, And it is having a crossover event with none other than Resident Evil 2. Now, this is kind of an interesting crossover, uh, taking a shooter game such as PUBG and crossing it over with a horror survival type game such as Resident Evil. Now, details on this are still a little fuzzy. There's no release date. It's unknown if zombies will cross over into the game. Uh, if it's going to be set in Raccoon City, or if it's just going to be the regular game with Leon and Claire becoming playable characters. Uh, We did recently get uh, Suicide Squad's versions of Harley and Joker crossing over into the game, so that could be the route they go, and it'd be somewhat more disappointing than actually being able to run around Raccoon City and try to survive through all of this. But either way, I think it's a really cool concept. Seeing these big Battle Royale-style games making such a forefront in the market right now with Fortnite being a major player in the game, 
Black Ops 4 recently came out a couple of months ago, and it has its own Battle Royale game. If you haven't played the Battle Royale mode in Black Ops 4, which is known as Blackout, then you may want to go and take a look at it. If you've played any of the games like PUBG or Fortnite, it's a very similar take, only it, it is slightly different. You have to build your weapons up and get perks, backpacks, all that kind of cool stuff. I definitely recommend checking it out. I really enjoy it, and I think you guys would too. Uh, but there hasn't been any kind of crossovers with any games like this other than PUBG doing what they've done before. So let me ask you guys, what would you guys like to see in this? Would you guys like to see Raccoon City come into play and play PUBG in Raccoon City? Would you rather just get Leon and Claire as playable characters? So that's going to bring me to my final topic for this editorial. And that comes from Rocksteady Games. Now, if that name sounds familiar, you will recognize them as the spearheads of the Batman Arkham series. Now, Batman Arkham Knight was the last game that we got from this company, but they have had a project in the works for a good while now. So, there has been some speculation that it may be a Superman game, and recently an article came out confirming that Rocksteady was going to announce the Superman game at this year's Game Awards. Unfortunately, that was all just rumor and speculation. Rocksteady themselves have come out in an official tweet saying that they are still hard at work in their development bunker, so don't expect an announcement from Rocksteady Games. When it's ready to show, you'll be the first to know. Spoiler, it's not Superman. So this has kind of crushed all of these different speculations and people posting about it's going to be a Superman game. It's going to be a Superman game. Now, could it be a game with Superman in it? I believe so. I think they may be setting us up for a Justice League game. Now, this is just my own personal opinion. There has not been any kind of information leaked that would suggest this. My personal preference, I would love to see a Justice League game from the creators of the Batman Arkham series. If you've played the games, you know why this would be such an amazing thing. Getting this kind of a game, getting the Justice League, all of the different characters, even set it up to where you start out as one character and over the course of the game you transition into other characters. And when the end game content comes into play, you can choose any of the characters to play as. Now... Me being a online gamer for several years, I could see a lot of online potential for something like this. Keep in mind, there is the DC Universe Online MMO, which is a very different thing than this. It makes you play your own created character, and you are trained by some of the big-name heroes or villains, depending on the path you take. Whereas if we were to get a Justice League RPG, that could definitely be a counter for the Spider-Man game that just recently came out. If you've listened to any of the other editorials, you've heard me speak very highly of the Spider-Man game. It sh they share combat styles, a lot of other similarities. So bringing in the full Justice League, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, Superman... Bringing all of these characters into a game such as that, 
has not happened in quite a long time. I can't even remember the last game that we got that featured a full Justice League roster that wasn't Injustice. We're going to have to wait for more announcements from Rocksteady Games before we have any kind of official news, but sometimes we like to throw around our personal ideas. So let me know what your ideas and thoughts on the whole thing are down in the comments below, and we'll get to talking about it. Guys, this has been the newest installment of Alpha's Editorials. If you like what you heard, you know what to do. Leave me a comment, and we'll catch you guys next time. Alright guys, now that we have our video game fill in, let's go ahead and talk about some of the news that hit this past week. Starting with Daredevil. By now you've heard, Deadline received a statement from Netflix saying, and I quote, Marvel's Daredevil will not return for a fourth season on Netflix. We are tremendously proud of the show's last and final season, and although it's painful for the fans, we feel it's best to close this chapter on a high note. We're thankful to the showrunner Eric Olson, the show's writers, stellar crew, and incredible cast, including Charlie Cox as Daredevil himself, and we're grateful to the fans who have supported the show over the years. While the series on Netflix has ended, the three existing seasons will remain on the service for years to come, while Daredevil, the character, will live on in future Marvel projects. And this just sucks. This news is... Kind of out of nowhere, a uh, little not because of the establishment of the Disney Plus streaming service that's coming up, but for me, honestly, I thought this one might go down the road a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that The Punisher is going to be canceled after this one. Jessica Jones, I think, is working on a third season. I'm not 100% sure, but if Daredevil is getting canceled, they're obviously all on the chopping block. There's no way they all make it out. And it, it just, I don't really think that they're, they're going to bring these over to the Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, you've heard uh, notable film critics, uh, TV and film critics, uh, talking about how these deals usually work out. And it really seems like it's not going to be in the favor of Disney or Marvel Studios to bring these over. Especially since, at least in these last few seasons of these shows... It feels like they've been distancing themselves from the larger MCU that these are supposed to be tied into. It just sucks really bad. Like I told you last episode, I finished Iron Man Season 2. I was so, so excited for the big reveal at the end of that, which again, I feel like it's too soon to spoil, so I'm not going to say what it is. Uh, the big ending of Luke Cage that puts you in a moment of like, whoa, holy crap, this is a big change for the hero of Harlem. Like, what's going to happen here? And I haven't finished this season of Daredevil yet, but I have to assume it probably ends on a cliffhanger too. It's it's probably not going to end on a, a, a appropriate note. But yeah, this just really sucks. I do not think we're going to be seeing these versions of the characters popping up in Marvel anytime soon. But maybe years down the road, we'll get another Daredevil film that can plug into the MCU. And, and that's a good silver lining. And speaking of the MCU as a larger whole, uh, we got a lot of news uh, circulating from the Russo brothers due to a live Q&A on Instagram from Joe Russo and uh, a post-Infinity War screening Q&A. So we're going to go ahead and unpack some of these. There's four things I wanted to talk about specifically because there's there's been a lot more uh, nuggets out there, but we're just going to take these little tidbits and unpack them a bit. First of all, we're going to talk about some Marvel TV because when it comes to the Disney Plus shows, 
Uh, it seems they won't be involved, at least with the Falcon and Winter Soldier team-up show currently rumored in development. And while you want to see the Russos more involved with anything MCU, especially given how amazing Infinity War was, uh, I personally am a huge fan of Civil War. I know that's kind of a defining movie amongst people, ironically enough, uh, but... I feel like they've done a great job. I can't wait for Avengers 4. So, if they were going to be involved in any of these any of these TV shows, it would be a sure thing. But, I'm sure these shows are going to be great anyways without them. Uh, next, they talked a little bit about uh, Chris Evans leaving the MCU uh, in regards to Chris Evans' uh, MCU retirement tweet. Joe Russo said, quote, I think it was more emotional for him than us because he's not done yet. And I won't explain what that means, but audiences will soon understand what I'm talking about. End quote. So it seems like we're going to be getting a little more Captain America than uh, just Avengers 4. And that is always a good thing. Chris Evans is the embodiment of Captain America. He, he really nails that role. I can't imagine this movie universe without him. So... I'm glad we're going to be seeing him stick around a little bit. Maybe maybe it'll be kind of a passing the mantle thing because to reference uh, the Winter Soldier uh, Falcon movie, or I'm sorry, television show again, those two have both been Captain America in the comic books. So that show really could be focused on who's going to take up the mantle of the shield. And towards the end, you could see Chris Evans kind of pass it on. Who knows? But that would be really cool. That'd be the perfect send-off for him, perfect way to pass the mantle. Not just a, a vacancy where two heroes have to fight for it. Uh, next, we heard a little bit about their discussions on Beta Ray Bill because it was revealed that they have discussed Beta Ray Bill's entrance into the MCU many times but could never find a good fit for the story. For those of you who are not familiar with the character, Beta Ray Bill is a horse-like Corbinite, first appearing in 1983's The Mighty Thor number 337, who is also one of the few characters worthy of wielding Thor's hammer. He had a cameo in Thor Ragnarok, but it was cut because there wasn't enough of him in the film. And Tai Asha Ra, another famous Corbinite and love interest for Beta Ray Bill, was cut from Guardians of the Galaxy, which could have neatly set up his MCU arrival. So it seems like for a while here, they've been trying to get this character involved. And while I feel like it would have been too early to do it in phases one, two, or three, we're coming into phase four where things are going to be changing. We don't know if Chris Hemsworth is going to hang up his hammer or not. And he is currently running around with Stormbreaker, which is Beta Ray Bill's um, weapon of choice from the comic books. So I feel like now... Of all the times, this is the time to get him involved. So I'm glad he's at least part of the discussion, and I'm sure they're going to find a way to fit him in eventually. It seems like they're really adamant about it. And last, the brothers were asked if they would reconsider their self-imposed retirement from making superhero movies now that Marvel Studios was regaining the rights to Fantastic Four and the X-Men, to which Joe Russo immediately replied, not until they make Secret Wars. 
uh, referring to the 1984 comic book story written by Jim Starlin. This crossover event had the Avengers, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, X-Men, and the Hulk taken to an alien world to fight a collection of their greatest enemies for an omnipotent being known as the Beyonder. Given, <laughs> given that wars are kind of their thing in the MCU, yes, fuck yes, we need a Joe and Anthony Russo Secret Wars movie where they all go to an alien planet and face, like, all the MCU villains. Not just one with a cool gauntlet and, like, four people running around him that are pretty strong, too. Uh, no, everyone. And we see Red Skull come back, and he's got Hydra, and now he's recruited. Uh, who knows? Baron Zemo is finally part of Hydra. <laughs> I don't know. You could bring out any of the Iron Man uh, villains that they haven't used yet. Crimson Dynamo would be cool to see. Uh, I don't know. There's any number of possibilities for that, and you could even make it a big gap, like these heroes have been fighting these characters over the years that we haven't been seeing them, uh, especially because a lot of them are starting to retire from these roles. I don't know. That would just be so cool. I mean, just the idea of seeing a live-action Beyonder. You got my money. I'm in the theater, for sure. But that's going to do it for our more discussion-worthy news, and I think it's the appropriate time to head into the phone booth. It's time for the news, the phone booth news. That's right, everyone. It's time for the phone booth news, where I try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives me 3 minutes, 45 seconds. Now, I've been timing this myself since... Alpha Spectre is no longer a in-person member of the podcast. But now that I have an extra pair of hands here, Vinny Wise, why don't you go ahead and take this timer here. I'm going to go ahead and prep myself, and you tell me when you have hit start. In comics news, speaking with DC Daily, Sean Gordon Murphy shared insight into Volume 2 of Batman White Knight, which will focus on Azrael. He then revealed that he'd like Jason Todd to desert Batman after Joker beats him mercilessly. Uh, those are words. Uh, pick which one you want and spares his life if he were ever to get a Volume 3. In TV news, the popular anime Cowboy Bebop is set to become a live-action series on Netflix with uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, <laughs> I think I kind of got that, who directed the original anime serving as a consultant. While, on the flip side, all 26 episodes and two films of the anime Neo Genesis Evangeline will be coming to Netflix in spring of 2019, while AMC has renewed Preacher for a fourth season. In movie news, first reported by The Wrap, DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers have plans for a live-action Blue Beetle film based on the third and most well-known incarnation of the character, Jamie Reyes, with unknown writer Gareth Duncan Alacor. Al Alcor People get easier names. Penning the script. Uh, in a heartfelt video on Instagram, Sylvester Stallone announced his retirement from the Rocky role, uh, furthering the point in a caption stating, quote, Though it breaks my heart, sadly, all things must pass and end, end quote. And that is the news. Stop. Hit the stop button. <laughs> what did I do? There. Well, you got to tell me what it was. What What time one, did I hit? One minute, 31 seconds. And, and however many nanoseconds. Okay, guys. Yeah, it hasn't been that jam-packed of an episode. And uh, the news was kind of like, you know, it's the Christmas season. Uh, so things are gonna, 
gonna die down a little bit here. At least until the uh, Avengers 4 trailer hits, which uh, actually, uh, it was a pretty interesting note. I'm pretty sure I was talking about this with Sean King, who you might have heard on the show Why We're Not Writers, uh, coming back next year, sometime in January. Uh, anyways, he had an interesting theory on that. Or, oh, wait, no, was it him? I don't remember who told who I talked to about this. Anyways, uh, they had an interesting theory. I think it was Sean. Uh, that they're going to drop the Avengers trailer December 31st, sometime closer to midnight. Maybe earlier in the morning, but uh, possibly closer to midnight. Oh, no, I know who it was. It was uh, the guy at our local comic book store. I was talking about this with him last night. Uh, yay, this is why I write down the script so I don't have to remember everything. Anyways... There's a little taste of me flying off the cuff there. Unfortunately, though, we do have to move on to the more somber segment of our show, and that is because every now and then a legend is brought into this world, but before they can become that legend, they have to pass through this mortal coil and become a fallen hero. And this time we're doing a little different thing here. It's actually a fallen hero update. We did an entire episode for the man Stanley. And uh, we have a little bit of an update on exactly what the cause was here. Uh, It's been a few weeks since we lost him. And now we have an answer as to why the man left this universe. Uh, Although Lee had reportedly been unwell with pneumonia, the official cause of death seems to have been heart and respiratory failure. So once again, we say a heartfelt and reluctant goodbye to Stan the Man Lee are Generalissimo, one more time, Excelsior, good sir. And now we're going to go ahead and move on to the final segment of our show. Uh, First, let's catch up a little bit here, guys. I've been working a lot this past week. I have not gotten to get caught up on much. I really try to put the CW shows uh, ahead of everything, but even just before recording this, I was only just finishing Supernatural, so it's been a slow burn. I'm not even caught up on Titans. Uh, However, I have been fiddling around with the Super Nintendo, the the Super Nintendo Mini that came out. Uh, It's actually a really fun console. This, I actually feel, is way more worth your money than the NES one because of the titles. The titles on the SNES Mini, just superb. And we're talking... Fallout, or not Fallout, I'm sorry, uh, Final Fantasy 3, we're talking Super Mario RPG, we're talking Star Fox, we're talking Super Mario World, the list goes on and on, Earthbound, like, I mean, that is a game that if you try to buy the actual cartridge for, you, you're gonna be spending a pretty penny, but now, here it is, boom, you, you can spend as much as you would have at least. I know it used to be expensive. Maybe now with the release of this console, the price has gone down a little bit. But you can spend as much as it used to cost to get the actual cartridge on an entire console with that game and so many other great games. Link to the Past is on there. Uh, it just, it's been a lot of fun playing it. Um, I'm a little bummed out that there is not a... Uh, save to the console feature, like playing Final Fantasy 3, which is what I've decided to embark on first, it forces you to save like you would have in the original game uh, when you're out and about not running around towns or when you find the little 
glowing orbs. And I really feel like they could have just allowed you to save a game to the console. Why Why is that a big deal? But it's been fun. I mean, the, the controllers I was worried might be a little smaller. Uh, no, appropriate size. Uh, it's actually been really cool. And I think it's really interesting that uh, they finally released Star Fox 2, a previously unreleased NES game. Uh, SNES game, I'm sorry. Uh, but you have to complete the first stage of Star Fox to unlock it. I, I felt like that was pretty interesting. A little incentive to play the original again. Which, if you're interested in Star Fox 2, why wouldn't you want to play the original again? They make you earn it, and I respect that. But I didn't really have much to talk about. I, di I didn't have much to review. I read a couple comics. Uh, you know, nothing that, that stood out as, like, I really want to dig deep and dive into this thing. But our new intern here, Vinnywise, he had a little something to talk about. Uh, you read a comic book last night that you really enjoyed based off of a, a property yes. you really enjoy. So I'm going to go ahead and turn the microphone over to you uh, and tell the people what you read, what you thought about it. Well, I read Stranger Things from Dark Horse, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Don't was be afraid it, to it speak. It was the up. first issue, right? Yeah. Okay. So, the whole book, it was basically talking about when, like, Will disappeared when he shot the Demogorgon, um, and, um, like, he was trying to figure out where he was until he noticed that nobody was with him. I thought it was really good, the artwork, everything. What's that, the, um, what's it called? What do you mean, the upside like, down? Like, the cover, the cover. Oh, the cover. The cover. Yeah. Like, he was in the upside-down world. Yeah. And the cover. Yeah. Like, I liked that when I had to flip it around. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty interesting the way that they did that. Yeah. What 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 did you not like about it? Was there anything you didn't like about it? Um, no, I think I liked most of it, really. Yeah. A little informative. Kind of cool seeing, like, oh, this is something that was going on during season one. Yeah, that wasn't shown on the yeah. episode. Yeah, you didn't get to see this in the show. You you can only get this from the comic book. And I got from the comic book from the Inner Geek. Yeah, little after, shout out. After we watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that movie? Yeah. Uh, well, it's my second time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and get a little closer here. You might be able to hear me. It's my second time actually watching it. I went and saw it with my roommates. Uh, again, the aforementioned Sean King. Uh, and it turns out Vinny here is getting pretty into... Queen as a whole, uh, yeah. just their music, and so we decided to go check this out. Uh, first of all, what would you think about that Ashland Cinemark Theater? Um, it was really, really fancy and good. Yeah, like, way better than our theater here at home, right? Yeah, better than the Portsmouth Cinema. No hate, though. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's good. It's right. I mean, for right here where we're located, it's literally yeah. just across the railroad tracks. So we could walk over there in like two minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good in a pinch. That's where I saw Creed 2. So, you know, I didn't hate that. But, uh, man, it is definitely different. But, man, that popcorn is m way more expensive. <laughs> yeah, and there's, like, more stuff there. There's, like, T-shirts, Funko Pops, and Takis. Yeah, definitely a different experience for yeah. sure. And so what would you think of that movie? Um, It was really, really good. I mean, it talked about, like, basically 
everyone in the band besides um who was that one guy? well i i think it focused on freddie mercury way more than it did the other guys like roger band. and yeah. um i forget the one guy I, yeah i can't remember the band number uh, members names i only uh, know roger and freddie but it didn't necessarily treat them poorly either it no. showed them in a good light like i was really entertained by them yeah. Uh, what was your favorite scene from the movie? Um, I think it was the Live Aid part. Yes. Yeah, that Live Aid concert. Now they did. They did take. I found out they took out two of the songs. Like there are two more songs that they. Yeah, because I the watched um one. the actual Live Aid yesterday oh, yeah? last night, and it just sounded the exact same. And yeah, then, they did a really good job recreating it. I think I like when um Mary and Freddie were like together for like the whole movie. Really, I yeah. mean that was. Yeah, even though they broke up, because yeah. it turns out... Uh, Freddie was bi or gay. Yeah, uh, there's some debate in the real world. Like, there's a lot of people who knew him who say that he was bi, but publicly, uh, we all knew him as gay. Uh, but yeah, even though they break up, they're still a part of each other's lives all the way at the end. And at least in the movie, I don't know if this is how it played out in real life, because, like, you know, it, an emotional scene in the rain, that's pretty movie. Like, that that doesn't always happen in real life. No. But uh, it, it was pretty interesting seeing how she's the one who convinced him to turn it all around and uh, uh, change his life for the better before he passed, because I, as history shows, he did sadly pass from AIDS in 1991. So... Uh, but what? Uh, so you liked the movie? You liked yes, the movie as a whole? Yes, it was very good. I think it was a little. It's a little <clears throat> oddly paced, but it, it's kind of poetic the way it's paced because it, even the way the band talks about themselves is like Queen is not one thing. It can't be held together by a formula. It's like it's like, uh, like different. It's like a different yeah. meaning. So. For their for this movie to kind of flow the same way without a formula, it's a little poetic. It makes sense. I know a lot of critics are crapping on it for that, but uh, if you look a little deeper into it, or it could just be a mistake and just bad filmmaking that accidentally works, but uh, you never know. Uh, also, I would have really loved to have seen more of uh, David Bowie. Like it kind of bummed me out that "Under Pressure" was just kind of like a background song for a montage. I mean, like they talked about Michael Jackson, which, um, fun fact, Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury did actually were going to make a song, but Freddie Mercury quit all that because Michael Jackson brought his pet llama in the studio. Yeah, he brought his pet llama. <laughs> just. One more weird tale from the world of music, but uh, I also would have liked to have seen what the process in making the Flash Gordon soundtrack would have been like. But uh, that's just me. That's just a that's just a sci-fi nerd thing. Uh, but okay, uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and end it here. Yeah. Vinny Wise, thank you for uh, joining me in the review section, giving me a little bit more to talk about there. You're, you're welcome. I'm gonna take the microphone back now. <laughs> Bye. Greetings. Yeah. Say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, everyone that goes to this podcast. You'll never hear them again. Yeah, you probably will. Anyways, uh, guys, like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. You're checking this out somewhere while here. Why not like, comment, and share your thoughts uh, on any of today's stories or share this episode in general. It helps get us out in front of people and uh, shows us that you love and what we do. And hit that bell button on YouTube if you want to know when the newest episodes are up. Like our nerd news page, sort of my comics on Facebook, and follow us 
Sort of My Podcast on Instagram. Check out Subject to Change Entertainment on Facebook and Twitter, and all of our personal social media is down in the description below. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. Thank you once again, and it's time to break free with that outro music. Music <laughs>